Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Joy Keebler, founder of Joy Keebler Landscape Architecture, a full service landscape architecture design and planning office. And more recently, Joy founded Place Studio, a training company for fellow landscapers and architects and planners and engineers to use play and team building as the engagement. Oh, I love that. Bring and play into everything. Joy, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's awesome to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. Can you just expand a little bit more on you know, where are you today with your business and who is it that you love to work with? Yes. Well, like as you mentioned, there's two simultaneous companies, although the, the landscape architecture firm has been around now for 20 years. Um, but it's uh, it's at a time where it's finding its completion, right? It it has generated some wonderful um, parks and streetscapes and campuses and schoolyards uh, across my community and and into my state. Um, it's supplied um, a, a form of living and a salary for many employees over the years. It's been a training ground for interns for twenty years. And it it did awesome things and it's ready to be done. And then the new company, like you mentioned, Play Studio, is really taking uh, practice that we had as part of the design company for 10 of those last years, Mm. which was, you know, the world of architecture is regularly seeking input from community. And yet architects are trained as architects. Right? We are not trained as facilitators. We're not trained mm-hmm. as um, sociologists or psychologists or, uh, or as trainers. And so when we go to do that community input, we're often doing it from a like almost putting the microphone right in front of you and be like, all right, so what do you want to include in this park, right? And people taken off guard like, I, uh, I don't know. Uh, let me think about it and I'll get back to you, right? Because their brain can't catch up in that mm speed of time, right? And so then when people um, respond in a very narrow way, then we take it that we're done with, uh, with the engagement and we can then just design from there. And then the outcome is that the community is not really satisfied, right? The project didn't really address their quality of life in the way that they were hoping that this millions of dollars of infrastructure would actually do, right? Mm. Hold on, in that in that moment, in mm-hmm. that moment right there, because I love the way you're allowing people to become facilitators rather than just here is your skill, here is what you do, but there is some more traits, skills that you can use to really blossom, bring more people in. 
again, bring that kind of play in. But I think my point is with with this, with people not being in the right frame of mind or ready or able to answer that question, Mm -hmm. that blast of intuition, what do you really want? To be able to answer that in the moment is one thing. To go away and think about it, well, shit. Then the mind takes over. All the logic kicks in, right? And then you don't get the... The fear kicks in as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, But the true answer, the true Mm -hmm. answer doesn't come out. It's the more, here's what other people, here's what, well, deep down, here's what should be needed rather than, I want this. This would be amazing. This is what would fuel me. So there's a level of misalignment. So how much of, of this work is allowing people to hold space, open up, listen to what is true for them in the moment. That's exactly it. And so we use play as the opener, as the door, right? To get to that place where in a heartbeat, people can Mm. respond really authentically about what would be valuable and needed for them. And we also give them space to to kind of, I, I say, kind of just throw up on the project, right? Here's the stuff I have to say in order for me to get past. I got to complain a little bit in order for me to see a possibility, right? And um, so in the technique of introducing play as the community engagement language, mm-hmm. it allows us to move so quickly to building relationship and allowing the participants and the participants is everyone, right? Participant is the community and the design team and the municipal leadership and the department heads, right? Like when I say everybody, it's everybody responding in the most authentic way. They don't even they don't even think twice about saying it because inside the game, they're willing to suspend risk. They're willing to set that fear aside that, mm. oh, I can't really say that a splash pad, like I want to close the community pool, even though everybody wants the pool to be reopened. I think we should just not spend money on it, but I can't say that. But in the game, they can say that. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's, I want to pause on that and go in a huge new direction because that statement there, I, I felt that. In the game, we can suspend risk. So let's explore that concept because mm-hmm. as 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 business owners, as crumbs, as human beings, if we can get ourselves into a container, a space, enter that sort of game mode where it's okay, we're playing, we can suspend the risk. What do you want? What do you feel? What would be good here? How can these connections be made? In that safe space, space in that safe space what what do you find actually let's go from your example forget your clients forget other people let's make this real personal if you get yourself in that 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 area of gamifying Mm -hmm. and you can suspend the risk as the business owner right what comes through Mm -hmm. what comes out for you yeah you know so i actually played this right like i played this game and the question that that I played was, what if everything I'm up to was already happening? What would that world look like? Mm. Right? 
And now I played it in the context of what, what place is bringing to the world, right? And so in that response, that game resulted in, wow, like marginalized communities could be like eliminated. We could have a new definition of gentrification that actually is rooted in community capital instead of outside capital. Mm. And it kind of brought me to tears, like, wow, this thing that I said I'm up to, which where it started off as empowering designers to use play to make their community engagement be more effective and have the community become champions uh, of their own design destiny. Great. That was almost like category A, right? What if everything I'm up to was already happening? Wow. Like the end of marginalized communities. Mm. All right. So now if I were to play for joy, right? Like what if everything I'm up to is already happening? What's available for me as a human, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, right? Wow. Right. Like I, what would be available for me, what would be happening already is that this joyous, almost like free, flow of contribution that doesn't have the weight behind it of like this is going to take something to deliver this is has the the burden of risk management it has the 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 pack right the stuff uh, 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 right so the contribution freely given and a sourcing of who i am on a minute by minute basis mm. Right. Like what if every conversation with the community, with clients, with anyone actually resulted in joy being filled up such that I could continue the contribution? Not just some of the moments, but like every moment. Mm. So that's one it's, thing, right? That, could that, get that concept right there. Is that one of the driving forces behind your your shift in business. This is one of the driving force behind how you're in the middle of evolving as a business owner, as a human being. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And and I kind of look back at the 20 years and the moments that could fuel me like that were often like the, the day that the playground opens and the kids all run onto the playground and you're so excited to see their smiley faces climbing on the playground, right? And, or the moment that, you know, people are like walking on the new sidewalk and be like, wow, this place is beautiful. And like, there's a bench right here for me, right? Those were great, but they were so fleeting as moments, right? Mm. And then you went back to the, the risk management and the litigation resources and the drawing capacity, all, all of those things, right? And so they were so small as rewards that kept and so you'd have to remind yourself every single day, right? Like, okay, I'm doing it for those kids on the playground. Yeah. And the more I stepped into every time we would bring this engagement to a community and the community left almost not even needing you, right? Like they got it. They were champions. They could lead it from here. Wow. Mm. That was a totally different experience. So for you, it's more about empowerment now. Yeah. It's more about the, 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 the gift, yeah. not just the gift of the physical yeah. that then is used, played, 
sat on, experienced. It is the gift of, okay, the, so we talk about the direct impact, what you did have, and now it's the indirect. It is the exponential impact that you selfishly are seeking. And I love that. Right? Yes. Yes. You know, when people ask me like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, I want the community. I want every single person to have their own aha moment about their project, about their Mm. resources, about their community, about whatever they're up to. Right. Like I want them to get in that moment through playing like, wow, Mm. we've been in our own way. We could set that aside. It's going to take something. And I have partners. Right. So with everything you just said there, there's so much, it is, there is a weight. There is a, a reliance on the external. You want to see the happiness. You want to feel this. There is a, there is very much an external place here. Mm-hmm. And I want to sort of shift that and, and just swap that right now. It sounds like, mm-hmm. okay, if you, what you give to other people, we need to receive ourselves. Yeah. So I want joy to be able to receive something from, from this. Mm-hmm. So as you go through this transition, as you, you're going through your own stuff, should we call it, as you start to come into this world, give more, be able to show up in different ways. Where, where are your challenges? What's tough? What are the obstacles? What is it for you as you've hit this new area? And it's different, feels different. You need to be a different person. What do you, what do you need that you don't maybe don't quite have yet? Is that a good question? Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. I think have yet, and and also uh, it's sort of a letting go, right? Yeah. So as I mentioned, we're in this transition, right? And and twenty years is a long time to you know to finally now have right on one hand to finally now have the telephone ringing like, hey, Joy, we want you to design this park. We want you to design this yeah. playground. And, um, right. So you've got, you've built up the awareness, you've got the reputation, people have an expectation that you're going to, you know, do great work and deliver something really strong for them. And there is this like tug around like, oh, they finally love me. They're finally calling. Right. And maybe this time it will be less struggle. And this time it won't be so, you know, challenging with whatever. Right. And so that sort of internal ego that is still tethered to the established company, right? Mm -hmm. To be like, oh, you want me? Okay, maybe I can do what's one more project, right? And and then then the the additional, you know, the added side to that, right? Where you see colleagues who are in your mind, like so successful at that or you know like that's not fair i've been doing this for so long how do they how are they zooming to the top of the class right and it's all very ego oriented right Hmm. but there's i think there's also a piece in there about like almost inertia like this is just the way my machine has been operating for a long time and so it's easy to just let the machine keep doing the thing it's doing regardless of how much struggle or how much frustration I feel about it at the end of the day. Right. Okay. So you might be asking in that moment with you say about the ego, and that means a lot of things, different things to different people. So there's a lot wrapped up in that. Yeah. What this perception of other companies jumping the ladder, 
doing these things, having their success, the willingness to come back and say, okay, let's, let's continue. Let's do this. What, <laughs> what are you avoiding and how is that keeping you safe? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. So let's go here. All right. So what am I avoiding in the inertia, right? And the ego and the, um, hmm. the looking at other companies, right? That, that little bit of jealousy. All right. So I'm avoiding a more authentic vulnerability. Yeah. Right. So you could say, all right, I'm avoiding vulnerability, but I would say everybody's ego is up to doing that. Right. That's like a given. Ego does this. It protects your vulnerability. You're going to look strong always. Right. But if we were to take that, like peel off the superficial layer of what everybody's ego is already doing. Sure. Right. All right. So if I'm really avoiding um, whew, being bigger than I could even imagine right now, right? Like mm. being scared of your own power. Less up as as jealousy. Yeah, I was, I was going to tie that string back in. Thank you for doing that yourself because that's the fear of being bigger, the fear of this success. Yeah. Yet, oh, look at them doing this. Now, yeah. we're maybe talking about different companies here, but it doesn't really matter because you're the one individual. So these right. things are all so linked in. Yeah. Fear of being bigger. Do you mind if I ask, is it the... Mm -hmm. What feels right? Is it the fear of success or the fear of failure? The fear of success. Ooh. What is that? What's the flavor in that for you? Oh, well, and so I also have to tell you, like in real life, I'm a very petite person, which doesn't come across on Zoom. In fact, after years of meeting people on Zoom, they're like, when they meet me in person, they're like, oh, I wasn't expecting this, right? <laughs> so... I personally have a lot of story around being big or not being big, right? Yeah. And so kind of at a very young age created that I'll just work really hard because I'm not going to be super tall, right? I'm not going to be big. I'm not going to occupy the room in a kind of way, right? So I'll just work really hard. But the working really hard, the fear of vulnerability in like the success side, right? It's mm. almost in a, I can keep doing work really hard. I can keep doing um, success just enough, right? I can keep doing all of that stuff so that there's still the underlying struggle. There's still the validation of my working hard, right? Mm -hmm. the, the real fear is success that would allow so much ease what if you i know, didn't actually have to work hard so what is, is that because it, it challenges your very core belief yeah. is it that you don't quite believe that that's even possible even though you've seen it and you've heard it crumbs you've heard it on so many podcasts and books yeah, and, and, right. and courses and programs and mentors mm -hmm. but still yes it's right super inbuilt 
super built in, right? It's at the core. It's at like the youngest of decisions made, yeah. you know, at five or six years old, looking at the people around me as just tall and big going, yeah. wow, I'm going to have to work really hard. So there has never been a part of my adult experience, my, well, my college experience, my junior high school experience, my first day of opening a company experience that I did not show up mm. not expecting to work really hard. Every single one of those expected to work really hard. And guess what I did? I worked really hard. The self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Yes. yes. Right. So now when I'm with a group and I get to share that empowerment, I see that empowerment so quickly. And you know what doesn't feel there? Working really hard. Hmm. So and that, I, say I want more of that, but fundamentally, that yeah, I go does, back. Does, does it scare you? Does it excite you? What What is it about that? Because you've seen it, you've felt it, you are now challenging your core belief with experiential understanding, not just logical, yeah. not just emotional, but experiential in the moments. Mm -hmm. You're being, being put through this transition. You're being put through the ringer. Yeah. What's that like? Well, <laughs> Okay. So this state change, right? So this is kind of how I've been describing it to my friends, right? Like, they're like, why are you opening a second company? And I'm like, the why is as much about like this moment, this transition, right? Mm -hmm. Feeling that empowerment, sharing that empowerment. And that requires a different state of being, a different state of joy, right? But that state of joy doesn't, it requires working hard but in a different way of working hard and i don't know what that looks like so that's a little scary and i'm keep holding on to the working really hard on the other company right and almost you know how you're like you've got your list of things you should do today and there's the things that are like mm, don't know a little bit how to do that one but i know how to do these 12 things that mm -hmm. will require me to work really hard and so I don't get to the things that probably are transformational for what I'm up to, yeah. but they would be different. They might not require working hard the way that I know how to work hard. Mm -hmm. So then you don't do them. So you're actively going towards and yet away from yeah. the goal. You're holding two things as truth at the same time. At the same time, yes. Welcome to the world of an entrepreneur going through a transformation. Isn't it what? fantastic, right? It is. It is. It's oh, fantastic. Yes. I love this. Look, Joy, thank you so much for, for talking us through not only what you do and your, your new venture, but crumbs behind the scenes of what it's like for you as you're going through this at literally in the moment. It's fascinating. I love this. Yeah. <sighs> Well, share with me if people want to find out more about about you and the amazing work that you do where can they find you yes all right so i'm only going to direct them to play studio how about that i'm not going to yes there is the uh, next step yes, right so play studio and and we keep saying it but um you have to know how to spell it so it's play p-l-a-y-c-e so place studio.com awesome stuff play was right in the in the title there so. you need a bit more joy in your life and a bit more play in your life that is what it's all about so if that's if you're curious about that we're like hell yeah i need some of this 
please go and check it out. But Joy, again, thank you so much for being here, playing along. It's been so much fun. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. Oh, you're so, so welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.